Ladies, ladies, you don't have to wait for someone else to show enthusiasm for you. You can do that for yourself. We can do that together. Welcome to the Cup of Glow podcast. I'm your host, Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva, and I have the t-shirt to prove it. The Cup of Glow podcast seeks to entertain, inform, and inspire you through serial stories and discussions prompting you, the milestone diva in our midst, to own your power. For today's In Case You Missed It episode, we will reintroduce Ms. Sue Healy. Welcome to the podcast, Sue. You've told me that you are not wasting any time getting on with your life. I love that statement. It is so Milestone Diva-like. Go ahead. Tell us what's getting on with your life means to you. Well, Gloria, thank you for having me here first. I think that getting on with my life means that I've reached a point where I am no longer hesitant about knowing what I want to do and then going ahead and doing it. Part of that has to do with having wasted a good bit of the middle years of my life striving to get ahead like a lot of people did and do, uh, wearing the, the power suit and carrying the briefcase to work and working overtime and bringing work home with me and working on the weekends and in pursuit of I don't know what, but I was compelled to do that. And when I began dancing uh, close to 20 years ago, I discovered the emotional part of myself had been covered up for a long time. I'd always been interested in music and dance and in the visual arts. And at some point I stopped because I was moving on to something else that at that time seemed important to me. And I left that life behind me. And when I started dancing, I had to face my uh, trepidations and I had to face the emotion that was tied up inside of me. And there was something with the music and the dance and the movement of the body that freed me and allowed some of that to start trickling out and then pouring out later. Two years ago, I was diagnosed with a metastatic cancer. I had surgery. I had daily chemo and daily radiation for a number of weeks. Um, I destroyed my, the chemo destroyed my immune system. And I ended up in the hospital for two months. During that time, I was unconscious for some time, unaware of what was going on around me, not realizing that I had so many friends who were visiting me who came to give me strength and to give me hope. And somehow, even though I don't remember all of that, I took some of that strength and I went on with it. One of the biggest things at that time was my dream to to dance again. When I went into the hospital, I was very ill and I didn't know how sick I was. When I got out of the hospital, I had spent three weeks in a rehab facility learning how to walk again. The first thing I did the day I was discharged from the hospital was go to the gym. 
with my hot pink walker that was covered in glitter that the nurses had specifically ordered for me and got on the treadmill as painful as it was and walked on the treadmill. Hold on a minute, Sue. Where did the nurses find a hot pink walker with glitter? Did they customize it for you? They have a medical equipment supply company that provides things when patients are discharged. And for some reason, they were able to get that company to bring a hot pink glittered up walker for me, the kind that has a little seat on it and four wheels and handlebars and handbrakes. That is too cute. I saw you when you were laying in your hospital bed. I didn't see the hot pink glitter walker, but I totally believe you. I'm totally visualizing that right now, and it is quite awesome. Well, when I got out of the rehab hospital and had to rebuild my strength and my life, essentially, and decide what I wanted to do, Uh, from that point on, and still being essentially a cancer patient, I made some decisions about what was important to me. I think a lot of cancer patients do that. And what wasn't was no longer important to me. I continue working. I'm still working full-time at the legislature, um, only because I felt that there were some things I didn't want to change in my life at that time. I didn't want everything to change. What I did want to change was to rid myself of those things that no longer had any meaning to me. And one of those things was all the overtime work, all the striving. I wanted to live for myself, for what was important to me. Do you mind sharing, because I think it's awesome too, how many years have you worked in that place? I've worked at the legislature since 1981. That is a lot of years, Sue. It's okay if you decide to rest. Yes. Yes, it is. And right now, while I am still considered a cancer patient, it's also important that I have continuity of health care. And I do have exceptionally good health care benefits uh, without having to pay huge premiums. And that's really important at this point. Uh, so that's my goal is to be able to retire within a year. Good for you. I aspire to be like you with the exception of I'm retiring in two years. Well, Sue, tell us more about what shaped your life, what's brought you to this point. We know you survived the cancer. You had all those wonderful friends who visited you and gave you strength. What else has shaped your life to make you who you are today? My mother was probably the strongest person I've ever known, extremely talented and knowledgeable. My dad was a very talented person, and they both taught me many things uh, that have held me in good stead all my life. My dad taught me how to be an effective writer. He wrote a weekly column for the Miami Herald, and he encouraged me to write and showed me the techniques that it would take to edit my own work. So I've never been afraid to edit my own work. Uh, My mother 
was very artistic. She taught me to draw using pieces of charcoal that she took from a wood-burning stove and newsprint that she bought by the roll. Uh, I learned how to make butter and how to make cheese, how to raise livestock, how to build stone walls, how to do carpentry, uh, how to take apart mechanical equipment, electrical equipment. So I wasn't afraid to do any of those things, and that's been important to me. Uh, other things that have shaped me have been the need to be creative. And I've always been um, driven by my emotions. My aunt once said that I was, uh, I was overly emotional and prone to histrionics. I considered that a, a, a badge. <laughs> Okay. And tried to live up to that my entire life. Uh, I went to grad school in the FSU Fine Arts Department uh, studying art history, but I continued doing my own art, uh, potting, painting, drawing. Those were things that were very important to me that I needed to do, and I did them. I stopped doing that at some point, and I've always missed that. I began Working again, drawing, probably 10 years ago, my eyesight is deteriorating, and it's hard for me to draw in great detail anymore. So I picked up something I'd always loved to do, which is watercolor. My style in watercolor is very loose. I don't do photographic, accurate, botanical watercolors. I use my own freedom of imagination and emotion when I paint. That's given me a great deal of satisfaction. Well, perhaps you can have a showing one day. Maybe. <laughs> and reveal all that work to us. I continue to dance. Uh, I prefer to dance as a soloist, and I prefer to dance improvisationally. And the best treat is to dance with live musicians. Who are, who are playing music improvisationally. And the synergy between the dancer and the musician is something that is uh, difficult to describe. Everyone is living with their emotions in the moment and hopefully sharing that with the audience. Very good. Well, Sue, as you know, I am a self-proclaimed, happy, and proud, sassy 60s milestone diva. No matter who we are or what we've endured, we each have our own birthday that can never be taken away from us. And that's one of the things why birthdays are so important to me. On this podcast, we always provide opportunities to recognize and celebrate birthdays with our listeners. Tell us about your most fun and interesting birthday after the age of 50? Well, I would say that my most, my most productive birthday was at 50 when my husband gave me a mountain bike for my 50th birthday. Mountain bike? What else? Sue, you've told us about so many things. Now you're I wanted a mountain bike? I wanted a mountain bike. I asked him for one, and he very generously took me around to bike shops and purchased the mountain bike that I wanted. I had a friend who was a bit older than me who chastised me for that and said, oh, Sue, 
why don't you act your age? And I said, I am acting my age. I am half a century old and I can do whatever I damn well want to. Absolutely. Another birthday that I can remember after the age of 50 was going out for seafood and visiting Mash's Sands in Wakala County. And I had a new camera and I noted a very ironic thing. There was a stop sign at the end of the road sitting in the water. And there was the open Gulf of Mexico behind the stop sign. And the waves were lapping up around the stop sign. And I thought that was the funniest thing I'd seen in quite some time. So I took a picture of that stop sign and I still have that photo. It turned out beautifully. And I think it said everything I wanted to say about irony. For sure. And I think probably my favorite birthday after 50 was last year when some friends took me out and just feted me and, and piled up gifts around me. They, they not only provided me with their own gifts, but with gifts that had come from a very dear friend who lived far away. And that meant a lot to me that they had organized that birthday for me. That's why I think birthdays are so special. They keep us close to the people we love, even when those people are not arm's length away from us. We always can share times and memories with these individuals. I agree. Well, Sue, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so happy to have heard your story. Well, I do want to add one thing, Gloria. Absolutely. Okay. I think it's really important for women to not think of themselves as being women of a, quote, certain age. We are women. Sure. And the more active that we are at whatever level of activity we can sustain, the happier we will be. Functional fitness is extremely important. And it's that strength to keep from falling down, to be able to run up and down stairs, to be able to lift things, do your own housework, bend over and garden, uh, drive your car wherever you want to go, and not be exhausted and not be injured. That's really important. And those are the things that will keep us healthy and safe and sound into our 80s and 90s if God gives us that time. Amen. Sue, thank you so much for that. That is what we're all about here at the Cup of Glow podcast. Thank you for listening to the Cup of Glow podcast. We love what we do and sharing a few moments with you. Please remember to subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast. You may email your comments to us at gloria at cupofglow.com. Until next week, this has been the Cup of Glow podcast with Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva, asking you to celebrate each day and spread happiness your way.